Johnny, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most! The return to glory. Hi, Rach. How's it going? Hey, hey. Good. How are y'all? Hey, what's up? Not much. What y'all talking about? I saw your, uh, your story. You were playing North Palm Beach Country Club today, huh? Yes, I've I played it um, a few times. I love it. It's always fun. Yeah, yeah I used to live. I have a friend. Yeah. Used to live like right there. No way, really? Yeah, lived on uh, Singer Island. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. always good. It was really windy um, yesterday. Not as bad as the day before, but it was blowing pretty consistently. No, it gets it gets pretty crazy. Especially there, because you're right on intercoastal. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was pretty slow yesterday, actually. But, or today, whatever it was. <laughs> Let's go. All right. So, uh, we're joined today by Rachel Jones. Rachel, would you like to uh, tell us a few things about yourself? Sure. Um, so, I'm living in Florida, and I'm from North Carolina. Um, played at the University of North Carolina and graduated in 17. Um, been playing professional golf for about, this is like my fourth year. Um, it's definitely been up and down with some injuries along the way. And obviously COVID put a dent in everyone's life, but, you know, it put a stall in um, trying to up your status on tour because we didn't have Q school. That whole year, so basically, you know, you're waiting a whole extra year to uh, go back to high school and better your status. So it's definitely um, been a interesting journey, but it's been good. Learned a lot. Um, probably grown the most I ever have in the last six months, probably. So learning a lot about my golf game, about myself. It's been really good. So. We are just chugging along. <laughs> I feel that. <laughs> Sticking with it. Yeah. yeah. We were we were kind of talking a little bit at the PGA show. That's where, that's where you and I met for the first time. I know you and Dave have known each other for a minute. But uh, you were telling me that, uh, that uh, about, like, the Symmetra Tour. And mm-hmm. who, uh, you said Epson bought it or something like that? Yeah, so they're the new um, tour. I mean, sponsor for the tour. Uh, it was sponsored by Symmetra Tour, the insurance company, and now Epson kind of took over, and um, it's actually pretty incredible what they're going to do. Um, they actually told, well, they came to the LPGA and said, hey, come up with three ideas that you want us to kind of tackle for you, at least for this season. They came back with three ideas thinking, you know, incorporate one this year and they ended up um passing things three big things this year so um number one that all the purses will be a minimum of two hundred thousand dollars which in the past they've been you know minimums there's been some at like 125 um 150 175 so starting this year the lowest the purse will be is two hundred thousand um second thing they're gonna do is for every girl top 10 on the money list 
um, by the end of the season on Epson Tour. Um, not only are you going to get your LPJ Tour card for the next season, um, LPJ Tour season, but you're also going to get sponsored by them, um, the top 10 girls. So uh, they're going to give $10,000 for those girls um, that do this and kind of get them started and um, help them out a little bit on their journey. And then also um, I think they want the logo on their shirt somewhere. And they're all about wanting it to be about the tour. So instead of just Epson tour on the clothes, they want Epson or just they want Epson tour. They want to like showcase our tour. So um, that's the second thing. And then the third is um, they're actually going to try to lower entry fees for us. So right now they're $500 as a member um, and they're already got it to 450, but the goal is 250, which is huge. You know, especially playing a lot of events. So, yeah, so they're really um, stepping up big time. Um, so it's really exciting. Yeah, that's kind of what future looks like this year for that. That sounds like the opposite, opposite of the PGA Tour right now. Yeah, it's like, yeah, they need something like this. I mean, these people just kind of saw the need for it and jumped in and was like, you know, we don't want to just help you. Like, we don't want to just be the sponsor of the Tory. We actually want to help the girls. We actually want to see women's golf grow um, and kind of help us financially, which is great, which you don't see that every day in golf, in the golf world. Yeah, that's great. Especially. I mean, I'm, I really don't know much about, like, about the women's side of golf. I don't know. Dave, do you know much about that? Because it's very important to me. I'd say not much, but a little bit, just from having caddy for Macy, and then uh, I'm right. friends with uh, Dean Schneider, and he was working yeah, for the Symmetra Tour, well, Mount Epsom Tour, and um, tournament director of the event that was going on at TPC Riversbend. Mm-hmm. So... Unfortunately, they're not having it anymore because they have the LPGA event at Kenwood in September now. So, yeah. Yeah, Kenwood's having an LPGA event next year. Yeah. Kroger and P&G are dual dual partners. So. Wow. Yeah, but... um, Wow. I mean, a little bit, and I think that's freaking awesome. I didn't know that they got bought, mm-hmm. or Symmetra is no longer the well, tour sponsor. I think, sponsor. I think the contract just ran out, and then they weren't just going to – they're either going to – I don't know the full story, but, you know, they could have, you know, started a new contract, but I think they just went a different way. I don't know whose decision it was, but whatever. It helped everyone, so that's good. Yeah. Most definitely. It's awesome. Yeah. What's the mini tour stuff like for, for women's golf? Like, is there, are there a bunch of mini tours or is that scarce? So the tour, tour when I graduated that I was able to be a part of in that, in that fall, because um, I didn't go to huge school right after um, college. I waited for the whole year. So I played this thing called NWGA. Um, National Women's Golf Association, but it actually used to be the Suncoast Tour. I believe I have that right. 
right? Maybe. Sunshine, I remember that. I don't know. Suncoast, right? Okay. So, mm-hmm. and then Eglin's Best came along and said, hey, we'll sponsor the tour. So, it was called Eglin's Best Tour, like the eggs. And uh, so, that was in maybe 18, 19, I can't remember. Um, so, I played that for a little bit. Went to 18. That's when I got enough status season to play my first event like i think it was april i should have this april or may um i made my made the cut in the first in my first event and so i was able to get on the reshuffle um because i got on the money list and reshuffled into eight more events um basically i was playing through golfer level like the whole year and i guess it just took a toll on my body and i just i tore two places in my wrist right before q school in 19 so, you know, unfortunately I went anyways, you know, I was, I couldn't hit the ground. Like it was, um, so then of course that kind of got this thing going on as far as like not wanting to hit the ground. So then I started pit for like a year and it's been quite the, um, the fun process trying to get out of that. But now I'm finally hitting it solid. Anyways, I'm diverting, but okay. So. Basically, there's that tour. Then I played Symmetra Tour. So I really didn't have to play any other mini tours that year. But that was the year of the first um, season of WAPT. So it's the women's version of the All-Pro Tour, APT, for the men. So the women's side, that was the first year. Last year was the second year. And then this year, I played a few. Um, but I'm going to play more this year. And they're kind of, like, based out in Texas, Louisiana, Arkansas, Mississippi, um, that area. So, you know, it's not great for people on the East Coast or the West Coast, but, you know, they're central to everything you can fly into Dallas, um, kind of get everywhere. And so that starts, actually. And um, so that's a really good tour because they actually – now have a partnership with Symmetra Tour. So it's pretty huge. Um, so basically, if you come in first or second place in any event, you get into, you get an exemption into the next Symmetra, which might be the next week or the next week. Uh, so you can play in because um, we don't have money qualifiers for Symmetra. Like y'all, we don't. And Great. Like, I can sign up for them, but sometimes if my status is not good enough and they're only taking 45 girls or whatever it is for the Monday qualifier, because we don't have pre-quals, it's just normal, um, then, you know, you're not getting in that qualifier. So, you know, kind of wish there was symmetric qualifiers, but there's not. Um, so that's why WABT has this partnership. The other cool thing about it is at the end of the season, top five on the money list for WABT tour get to go straight to states so and semester and there's 360 some girls you know you have a cut after third day you go the fourth day and then they cut it and then those girls go to states too and those girls meet up with a lot of girls that lost their status on lpga or symmetra whatever have to go back to states too so you meet up with a lot of girls there and then um you don't have a cut, but they, you know, take, well, I don't remember, top 80. And then you meet people at 
final stage. Um, so you keep getting low. And then the top 45 obviously get their LPGA cards for the next year. And for us, it's top 10 on Symmetra. And then the season get their LPGA cards for the next season. So there's definitely ways to do it. Um, as recently, the East Coast Women's Golf Pro Tour, <laughs> they, uh, they came along and bought out runs that um, his daughter actually plays golf. So the expense that the ladies have to put into it because, you know, there's just not much money in it right now. Um, so he wanted to try to get us really good courses, which I appreciate because we're all about, you know, getting places that we're going to play on tour. Um, and we don't just want to play sucky courses uh, and pay $500 to play just something not good. So, anyways, he's priority for us, even though it's his first year finding events because we don't play the same events that Eglin's um, had last year. I think a few of them were repeats, but very little, maybe one Paris Island or something that fall. But um, it just started this month or last month, I can't remember. Um, so I'm going to play some of those, some VTs, and see how that goes. Um, you know, obviously there's not partnerships right now, Store, but it's way better for me and the others on this side of the world because you know they're all in Orlando and that's not only two some hours away from me and um yeah it's it's great and so there's a winter series until the spring and then we'll start in northeast Florida probably Jacksonville and work our way up and then work our way back down which is great so that you know in summer we're actually playing places that aren't 110 degrees, you know, so it's very smart. I love the, like what they're doing. So, yeah, so that's wow. kind of what we have. Yeah, they sound like they're, they're, um, yeah, yeah, they like they're like just trying to make it better for everyone. That's, that's pretty great. Yes. Sorry, I just talked your head off, but that's kind of the lowdown of what everything. <laughs> that's good. Because <news. laughs> I, like I started talking, I just kept on going. <laughs> I'm glad I mean, that they have a the feeder system show. like that for the for oh, yeah. the women's women's tours. What? <clears throat> I said I'm glad they have like systems in place like that for the women's tours. Yeah, Networking. you were paramount in some of the connections that we made. I will say. Yeah. It was great. It was so, great. Thank you for that. Oh, no I mean the the eyes and ears of. You said you lived in Jupiter, right? I do, yes. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I was there for a few. Dave and I were there for, uh, for a minute. Yeah, that was a wild story of how I ended up down here. Not because it's just the place to be for golf, but uh, I met this lady on a plane, basically. She's 72 years old, and she just lost her husband that year. And she was out, actually, on the way out to California to see her son who lives in san diego and i was on the way to the southern cal open like so random i just was looking for something to play in it was like a state open i could play in wasn't even much money in it uh there was a cut i went out there with a friend we just you know split ways and went out together i was like whatever let's just go play this because we didn't have some metro stats at the time this was early on this is eight this was uh i guess like five years ago it's crazy um no, not five years ago. It can't be five years. I guess four years ago. And 
So I got to talk to this lady, and, you know, I talk a lot, but she talked my ear off for five hours. It was a direct flight. She was went from she went from Florida to Charlotte, and I guess I was in Char- or Raleigh, and I got on that flight, and it was direct from there to San Diego. And she just thought it was so cool as a golfer, and she didn't play golf, but she lives in PJ National, and she was like, guess where I live? And, um... Anyways, she has two King Charles Spaniels, and she loves these dogs. It's like her kids, and it's super expensive to get a dog sitter down here, especially during the season. And so, you know, she's obviously spools them rotten, so she wants someone to come to her house and, like, live with them, basically, the whole time. And if she's out there for 10 to 12 days, you know, it just gets pricey. So she's like, hey, I'm going to... You know, idea. How about you come down here and stay with my dogs and kind of house sit. And that helps you. That helps me, you know, basically for free. And then I would do it for free because I get to stay there. And she's like, you can get out of the cold of North Carolina and just practice your golf game. (laughs) Yeah, that's perfect for you because, like, we see – I saw your Snapchat today and, like, like you had, like, a batch of posts or stories that had – dogs on the beach and just like you like loving on them i love dogs they're adorable mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah so i was like sure like that's amazing and so she talked to her son who's about 40 years old married um no kids or anything but she never gets to see him really and they have a great relationship but he's like mom you need to do that you need to do that i need you you know i want you to with someone you know this winter it's you know she was really sad, lonely, whatever, because her, she and her husband had been together forever, and um, I think they were almost at like fifty years of marriage, and then he passed of cancer, and so he, you know, he passed pretty pretty young, but he was a lawyer, and she was a nurse, and they moved down to Florida about six years before he passed, so she was able to get connected with all the little people in her neighborhood, and she walked every day at four o'clock, clockwork, with her dogs, and. Anyways, I came down here, so I did it, and I was like, where am I going to practice? I have no idea where I'm going to practice, because public courses down here, it's not super cheap, so you kind of need to join somewhere, and I was calling around different places. I heard about the Fox Club, which is about 40 minutes north, especially from Palm Beach Gardens. It was kind of a hike. It was like 44 minutes away, but I was like, whatever, and, you know, both ways, obviously, (laughs) and so I kind of, I don't know how this happened, really, but she one day just came up to me and said, hey, like, this is working out really well. We enjoy each other's company. Like, we do our own thing. You know, I did dinner myself. She did her thing. I was like, I want you to hang out with your friends. So I just basically had the upstairs of her house in Palm Beach Gardens to myself and just kind of lived out of her house. And she said, you want to live with me this winter? I said, heck yeah. So I lived there. Didn't have to pay a thing. I would just pay her in, like, really fancy restaurant she pick out and she likes wine so like you know i spend money on on food and drinks but um i mean it was pretty incredible so basically you know she has such a tight little schedule (laughs) that we probably only did dinner like once a month you know so honestly like maybe twice a month so i was only in it like three hundred dollars a month at this point so it was a huge deal and we're still friends this day like i eat dinner with her once a month and we eat dinner at like some of the places we used to go or we try new places and sometimes I pick her up because it's at night sometimes she meets me 
So, yeah, she's pretty funny. Like, sometimes what we do is we get a dinner. She's like, you know, she's always like, let's go Dutch. I pay mine, you pay yours. Like, that's fine. And then she's... <laughs> And then she's like, but I'll pay for the bottle of wine. I was like, aren't you something? So she always is just like, she just, <laughs> she has her ways. But we are like two peas in a pod. Like, she is just the funniest human, and we have the best time. So anyways, that's how I ended up in this area. It was actually Palm Beach Gardens before Jupiter. So yeah. Go Marty, that's, Martha. That's wild. Isn't it crazy? Yeah. Oh, yeah. plain oh, Rob, I'm telling you. Fun things happen in planes, especially like I meet the craziest people. It's crazy how the world works, the universe, whatever you want to call it, how it just <laughs> works and operates like that. It just crazy. throws things into your lap. Well, did you want to go down to that bit. area too? No, you know what? I was actually at the time kind of babysitting for this family in Greensboro because that's where I was practicing um, in North Carolina. And so. I mean, they were going to move to Clearwater Beach on the Gulf side of Florida or whatever. And I was like, okay, how about I just, like, live in there with y'all? And we were, like, all about it. You know, I'd help with the kids, live there for much to nothing. But I I was going to go to the East Coast at all. No idea. So that was pretty huge. Yeah. Have you ever been over to the West Coast? I've been to Destin a few times for like a tournament. Uh, I went to what's that place called? It's like a really small old person town. Everything closes at like eight. We had stage two, Venice, Venice, Florida. We had stage two there. Uh, Sarasota. In 2018. I'm currently driving back from the back of Phoenix, so, so you're good. Gonna, gonna hit some dead zones. Did we lose it? No, no, no. I'm good. That was stressful. <laughs> no, I was like, dang, we got some good stuff. We got to start all over again. We well, got to do it again, guys. I was like, I let the no. lens cap off. <laughs> yeah, I'm driving through the desert right now. Oh, I love the desert. I really love some desert. Yeah. I'm actually going to be down. Uh, so my cousin lives in Lake Worth. Nice. And I lived there for basically two years from now first room bro but i'm gonna be down there for like a week doing some qualifiers so we're gonna have to get out and play yeah let's play um we actually have a huge group today not today what am i talking about sorry i took a nap and now i'm all confused um we have an awesome group tomorrow morning at 8 30 um there's like 14 to 16 of us we're playing a money game it's all pros or it is handicap amateurs at our club at Lost City. So, yeah, come there and uh, we'll get a game going. First, check there. That's right by the John Prince Learning Center, right? Yeah, it's across the street. It's right beside Atlanta's country. Oh, private nice. Bob's is a 27-hole, like, private place. Didn't I play Atlantis with you, Mike? And Spencer and um, Brennan. Yeah, yeah, we right? went out there. Yeah, I've, I've played Atlantis a ton. Yeah, when I first moved there, I was oh, yeah. looking for places to play. And, and I always just ended up at John Prince because that, that practice facility is just great. Is that the one with the lights as well? Yes, it's sick, honestly. Yeah, yeah. I spent, I, I I spent so much time yeah. out there. You work there? Oh, yeah, it's there? sick. 
No, I have some friends that teach out of there. Oh, no, that's a good connection. There you go. Yeah, Rich, tell us about the, uh, the backswing stuff that you do. Oh, okay. And like your extracurriculars that you fill your time with off the golf course. So, luckily, I found backswing golf events. So, a few of my friends I met on mini tours and or Symmetra. Um, thing, and I was like, what in the world is this? I keep seeing posts, you know, you're supposed to tag backswing, kind of get the word out. And, yeah, so, basically, there's 115 of us women pro golfers in the U.S. We're kind of all over. So, I'm based out of Florida. Um, there's some girls in Arizona, Texas, Ohio, California, you name it. Um, Georgia, we got pretty much it all. And it's really cool because we keep adding people. So, like, at a PGA show, one of my friends, the Maryland girl, she's our new Maryland girl. I'm like, what the heck? That happened quick. Um, but she signed right up. So, that was pretty cool. Uh, we did that at the PGA show. That's kind of what I did when I, like, wasn't with y'all for a few minutes. That's where I was. Um, Word. Yeah. So, anyways, you what you do is you get hired by one of the four to six sales reps um mckenzie so we have two now three like co-owners of the tour so it's amanda and um mckenzie and they both started and now taylor so they both started um working together when they were i don't know probably six years ago they started this business and it's grown so much. Like, they were featured in Forbes, Golf Digest, about, you know, giving us opportunity to basically make money and pay for our own entry fees and whatever, that having a hard time getting sponsorships because, you know, women's golf, it's just, you know, it's um, it's, a, it's its own breed, honestly. And so, anyway, so they started this business. They are traveling together. They're like, hey, they sought each other out. Like, you're my travel buddy for the year. Lucky you. So they started traveling together and they're like, hey, we need to make some money. We should just like power ourselves out to these tournaments, call this course, call the tournament director, see if they want us to come and kind of get paid to come. And then we get out there and we hit shots, you know, just like, I don't know, have fun with it, raise some money for, and then, so. Yeah, pretty cool. So they started this two years ago. They both were on Big Break. They met some people on Big Break um, that are also involved. Like one is our fundraiser or trainer. So she helps train us how to fundraise correctly and better. Um, and so we were actually out at in uh, Phoenix a few weekends ago for our 2022 retreat slash training for the year went really well there's about 55 of us there 60 of us about half there I mean, everybody just couldn't come you know but the people that were there i mean it was just a really cool community of girls like i mean it was so funny i, I kept saying you know like you get off the elevator with you know and then you see six people and you sit down with them for lunch or whatever and then you go to the golf course and you see like six other people and you're like oh i know them too how cool so it doesn't matter like who you're with because you like them all um, so, like, put it, video stuff, drone stuff on the course, 
some pro videos. So that was on Saturday, no Friday when we got there. Um, I actually got there the night before, stayed with Amanda, and then we did all the promo stuff that day, did some fun dinners and stuff, and then on Saturday we had training literally from eight to four, and like they were so good about training, like we right at four o'clock and had an awesome day of learning stuff. We got new things in place, this positions that were filled. So now there's different sales rep in different regions. So McKinsey's over Florida for me. There's over three states or whatever it is. Um, so you kind of know which girls in your region, and then they'll kind of hire you to go to a tournament. And then, hey. can you go February, Orlando, Florida, and work the blank event for blank charity? Um, and I'm like, yeah, or nay. And so if you can, that's a that's a cool cool concept that you're able to do with backswing and what they've started so you said there's a tour right? yeah, you tour? Said there, well you said there's like a tour that you guys do do you guys already have like these events planned out and oh it's like, not really it's a just tour the city so like, if you've done this for a year or so and you have an event that you worked and it was a success last february then they're going to give you the job in February the next year since you did it already. If you can't do it, they're going to give it to another girl. But, for and example, so like, I'm new as of this fall. I'm doing all new events. So, you know, that's good and bad. I mean, you don't know what kind of event you're going to get, and the clientele keeps a lot of money until you get there. And they, we get paid base rate, but then we get paid also depending on how well you raise. It goes up okay. and up. So there's no cap to how much we can make, which is pretty sick. And so do, like, these tournaments find you and, like, hire you? So, for example, like, the Clovernook Open, my pro-am, <laughs> like, if I would want something like that. I know. I was kind of like, thinking about this. Don't you worry. I was thinking about this. <laughs> what, are you going to pitch something to me? Well, yep. We're, we're, ba- yep, we're balling on a budget, it. girl. Whatever. I think you got it. We'll, we'll pitch so, it to me. Pitch it to me. So. Right now? Oh. No, not right now, obviously, but when, when you're ready, pitch it to me. <laughs> All right. Yeah. No, she, so the sales reps find the tournaments. They call courses. They're like, hey, can you give me your tournament schedule for the year? They find the tournament director's email. They email them. They call them. They pitch the idea. So they're kind of like outside and inside sales. Once they get the job, they get a girl. Once they get a girl, the girl literally shows up that day, an hour early, finds the tournament director, connects with them, says, hey, which hole am I on? Go find the hole. Set up your stuff. And then you're on. Typically, how many girls are at an event? One. One to two. Just one. One or two? Okay. Could be six events going the same day, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I get it. I'm assuming they're just like, like outings. Could be city as well. Different. They're all charity outings, but also we're starting to do like TrackMan experiences. So we'll set up TrackMan. Um, we'll also do like in my room right now is the uh, what we use for golf for cops. So it's the uh, setup for glass break challenge. We don't use glass because it just takes on, you know, clean up if you hit the glass. But we use, like, a outline frame 
and it's cardboard, so if you hit it, we kind of know if you hit it. But, uh, yeah, so it's not glass, but. I agree. <laughs> Bring back the glass. <laughs> Bring it back. Cause they did that for, because they did that on. Uh... Big break. Yes. And, like, I thought it was going to be hard. And I did it for Golfer Cup, and I freaking hit that thing like three times. It really wasn't as hard as people act. It's not that bad. If you put it like 40 yards away, and you just hit a punch shot, you know. Yeah, I always thought, like, growing up watching uh, Big Break, I've always wanted to do that. Oh, it's super fun. Super fun. Yeah, it's kind of what we do, but I'm really thankful. Something else to. Well, it gives me an outlet too of like making golf fun because we literally are out there with cute with speakers. They encourage us to play music. We kind of have to, and you're playing whatever kind of music you want, um, and that's part of the thing too because you bring raffle tickets usually. And one of the things is, you know, if they give the highest amount or give anything of the three tiers that we do, then. They get entered into this raffle to win an amp caddy, which is that awesome speaker that you can put on your golf cart. And it says backswing on it. Anyway, so we gift them that if if they, you know, win the raffle. And then we make a spin about it. So if they beat my shot, they get double raffle tickets. So, and it, it's in there. You can be, it's your event. You can do what you want. But you can say, hey, you can, for that much money or whatever, you can pick whatever club you want me to hit. So they could say, let's hit a putter, and then they win, obviously, and they get double wrapped. I mean, it's kind of fun. It's just, like, fun stuff, you know? Yeah, yeah. You can kind of make it whatever you want, which is the beauty of what we do, because they're like, you got to read the scene. If it's a good group of people that are going to give a lot of money, go high if you think they're not going to be on board. But down $100. So you can have a tier system. You do three tiers, and if they don't do any of the tiers, you're like, all right, well, it looks like you need me. I didn't hit the green. <laughs> so you're like, mm-hmm. if you want to hit, see me hit this shot, I'll pay up. And you just have to literally like, just force it out. It's kind of fun. I hear you. So cool. Good stuff. You got to basically not take no for an answer. Word. And so, uh, they're like, dang, if golf don't work out, you we're know, this other girl, and we were both making the best, sales. like, golf work out for y'all. Y'all for sure could be great saleswomen. Because <laughs> we were just well, not letting, them, like, we were not taking no for answer. It was so funny. My dad's a salesman, and her dad's a salesman, so we're like, yeah, it runs the fam. It's in our blood. In your blood. So you like Shout to out. like oh. go around <laughs> Jupiter and like find spots, right? Is that that's another thing you like to do? You just go like hang out on the beach somewhere. Oh, hold on, hold on. Yeah, I just do what I want. Like so. Better, better question is what? What's your favorite spot to hang out with? Bar, beach, all the above. Did you say bar? Yeah. Like what bars you like to hang out at? Um, what, what yeah. part of the beach you like to hang out at? I got you. I got top five. Here we go. I love this. Uh, oh. So my favorite places to go. 
Obviously, Square Grouper is super fun. I'm a big Jumby Bay fan on Thursdays. Um, (laughs) Thursdays or Fridays or Saturdays, whichever day you're (laughs) And then drawn days on Sunday night for football. You just hang out, a bunch of caddies, whatever. It's fun. Um, It's a big, cool outdoor bar. There's a ton of TVs. The way, you know, like the bartenders are awesome. We're friends with them. It's insane. And then the Thirsty Turtle for the wings. And they're also yeah. awesome bartenders. They're like my favorite. We like hang out yep. with them outside of the bar. And Ocean Turtle's awesome. I just sit outside in like the outdoor, like tiki looking bar outside and wooden. It's super cool vibe. Anyway, so we do that. And then I like that new Waxens place. It's like a Swedish restaurant, pretty bougie. But then on Friday and Saturday night, they have DJ. So yeah, those are probably my favorite places around here. I like Calavera's Cantina. Yeah restaurant near the woods i like the woods i just don't ever go like i just i just have my spots and i just go actually i found the newest best well it's new to me this greek restaurant yesterday my friend wanted to eat there for lunch sorry today i keep forgetting um and it was fire okay so that's what i do and then as far as beach i have a few hidden spots i can't really stay but they're like, <laughs> oh, Taco Papachula. How could I leave out such a place? I go there on Tuesdays for Taco Tuesday. It's not slammed. Everybody goes there. It's like 8.30 is a good time to go. Um, <laughs> and then if you're near Taco Papachula, like going north, before you get to Taco Papachula, you turn right. Like you're going to Jupiter Inlet, like Tiger Woods House. You turn right. Go over that little bridge. I can't remember what it's called. Like, Burt Bridge. I don't even know. Then you turn left, and my little spot is on the intercoastal, and it's like you're free. It's literally like your own little private access on the intercoastal, and it's the one across from the huge mansion house on the other side. That's just how I figure out which access I go to. I can just look across. And then if you walk across the street, that's the beach. But it's a really good place. It's hard to find a parking place on the weekends, but... We're golfers, so there's not really a day you're not working. So, you know, I take one day off. But anyway, so that's my spot on the intercoastal. And then my spot on the beach, there's a few. I like going to Inlet, but also, you know, Jupiter has a good beach. Um, what's the um, what's the one with the rocks and stuff a little bit north? Like across from the intercoastal where I'm talking about. The rocks? Yeah, there's like rocks. Coral Cove. Have you been there? No, nah, I didn't spend much time on the beach while I was there. Good for you. If I, did, if I did, it was just Singer Island. I lived like, I lived like oh, steps true. away from the beach. Yeah, so, I mean, I don't just go and just lay out all day, but I just go in the morning to the sunrise or I go at night sunset. And I'm starting, I don't know if I should say this on a public forum, because it's going to hold me accountable, but here we are. Um, 75 hard I'm doing as of today, which I still need to drink more water before I go to bed, but yeah. <laughs> so I'm doing this challenge. Basically, I have to do two workouts a day, and I think what Ooh, I'm going to do is make it my yeah. own. I think I'm going to do it my own, because there's not going to be a way I can do two 45-minute workouts, one one inside, one outside during season. Like, that's just bad. I just don't think that's going to be sustainable for, like, my energy levels. Uh, so, yeah, I think I'm going to do... Do you count golf as a workout? 
No. I don't think. So I mean, I'm gonna that, do that was, well if you can, I'm gonna do two. But if I can't count that, then I'm just gonna what well, yeah, I'm just gonna say one. And then you gotta be one must be outdoors, you gotta follow a diet, which I don't really do that. No alcohol or cheat meals. I don't really do that either. And then drink one gallon of water. I can do that, hopefully. Read ten pages of a book, take a progress picture, you load it on this little app called seventy five challenge or seventy five hard. And for seventy five days you just gotta go hard. So. Yeah, I've, I've seen that on TikTok like crazy. Love it. I've seen that on TikTok like crazy. Y'all want to do it? It was a big thing last year. So my friends it. No, I'm good. I already <laughs> broke the. I already broke the rule. Or one of the rules. So. Really. I had a, I had a shot of tequila at dinner tonight. For. Oh snap! Is Daniel? Where? Who were you with, Daniel? No, I wish. Well, that shot of tequila is part for Daniel as well. His hole in one and his. His birthday coming up, but Woo-hoo. Bryce Hendricks has a birthday coming up too. So his is the day after Bryce? Daniels. Yeah, I was with him earlier tonight. I used to play with Bryce uh, in Greensboro. He worked there. Yeah, he and I and Brandon Gravach went to um, that. Hickory Tavern. Cool. Yeah, been a minute Love since I've been there. Well, I went there a couple months back, but used to go there a lot more. I don't really get salad out, but if I get a salad out, that's where I get it because you can make it huge and like put a ton of stuff in it. They do make you a big salad there, don't they? It's good. Sure. The two, the two okay. workouts a day and playing golf would destroy your body. I don't think I can do it, to be honest. I think these people are psychopaths that. Dude, I would count being out at the golf course for a two day for a, All right, maybe I'll do that two workouts for a day. So, so I, like, anyway, so I ran yesterday. Sorry, today I took a nap. It's really throwing me off. Um, I went on a run this morning because I woke up at the crack of dawn, literally butt crack of dawn, super early. I'm like, whatever. I guess I'm up now. So I went to Starbucks, and not kidding you, I saw Rory McIlroy at the Starbucks last time. It was like five o'clock. So I went again. I was like, well, I'm up. Might as well go to that one and see Rory. He didn't show up today. But <laughs> whatever, I get to get a picture of him. I didn't get, to, I didn't talk to him. I didn't want to bug him. But she said that she hadn't seen him at that one since Christmas, which is weird. He used to come in like every day, clockwork, five fifteen or five thirty. Um, yeah. and we had the Genesis. I went there and I came back home for a second. And then I went to the beach. It's like seven minutes from my house, and I started running like a crazy person. I didn't run, and then. Yeah, came back here, played golf at North Palm that afternoon, met a friend for lunch before that, and just kind of, I was so tired though, because I like got no sleep, so I took a nap before this podcast, and <laughs> David called, he's like, you ready? And I don't know how, because I had my alarm set, but I didn't hear it, I was out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I called uh, you, know you like five minutes before this. You know why? Like, you I had it for eight fifteen AM, not PM. PM, PM, you mix <laughs> <My> it up. <laughs> That's why I didn't hear it. Yeah, that, I didn't that hear it. happens call, like though. once a year, I would say. Like average for everybody. Like yeah. maybe a little bit more. Maybe someone might go more. go a perfect year, but once a year per person I'd say. <laughs> it's about the norm. True. Maybe more. Okay, well. The norm for what? 
doing the AM PM alarm clock mistake. Oh yeah. Say you sure. want to yeah. wake up at six AM, you set it for six PM. I don't think Man. I've ever set an alarm for PM before. Yeah. Oh, I, I said. Hey, this is random. Up. Not for sleeping. You like Lacroix? Yeah. No. no. You like? Do you like Kent waters? What waters? Kent. Never heard of them. Nope. Uh, NT, you get them at Publix. They're like all flavored waters, but they're not sparkling oh, waters. Tint. I like sparkling water. Yeah. Yeah, I've had them. Um, like, it's good. I'm drinking an apple one right now. So good. <laughs> green apple or red apple? It looks green on the picture. It says crisp apple. So I, I don't know. Really good. If right. I want to do this stupid water challenge, then I'm going to have to drink this kind of stuff. I can't just straight up drink water that much. And one of them said, don't do electrolytes. Uh, you're going to have to do electrolytes. If you're, if you're going to drink that much water, you got to have a. You gotta They're have like, electrolytes no electrolytes. I'm like, who wrote this? Electrolytes? They're trying to. I don't think they know what they're talking about. Yeah, I don't know about that. Anyways. Um... Hey, do you want me to like, talk about the mental side of everything? Yeah, sure. Why not? Share your thoughts. I know. Yeah. I know you've been working hard on that. So, yeah, share with us your take on like mental approach to golf and uh, yeah. I mean, anything honestly, that comes to mind. So I've been working with Paul Doolin. Um, he's based on Orlando, and he's really good at just like the first step is just awareness of what you do and your habits and stuff. And so, one that. I had no idea I did. No idea. Now I catch myself doing it all the time. But if I hit a bad shot, I'll say, Rachel, like really mad at myself, like kind of reprimanding my own self. And I didn't realize I did that. And it's not a huge problem or anything, but it's just an example of how you don't even know you're doing something until someone basically points it out. And then you're aware of it and you can catch it. So, you know, it's almost like me punishing myself for a shot rather than just be like, uh, you got it next time, you know, whatever. But um, that's just one example. Oh, I'll just say I've been working with Paul and then this other lady who her husband's stationed in Okinawa, Okinawa, whatever it is, Japan. He's in the Marine. He has two kids. And so I actually, let me take my earphones out. Hold on. So, um,. I've been working with her, too, and she, um, so wild. So, I follow this girl who was the mental coach for the Yankees, and I followed her for a long time. Her name's Lauren Johnson, and I followed her on Instagram, and she post reposted something that Catherine Blackwell put up, and her business is called Blackwell Sports Performance or something like that. And so, I clicked on it, and I was like, oh, my gosh, this would be great for, like, injuries and getting over injuries subconsciously and stuff like that. Because, you know, I had that going on where I wasn't going to hit the ground. It was just such a weird thing. Because it's like consciously I want to hit the ground, but subconsciously my body wouldn't let me. Because it was like, oh, danger. You got hurt when you hit the ground last time. So, yeah. Anyways, and so I've been working with her. And um, it's kind of wild because two years ago when I saw her Instagram page, it just wasn't good timing for her. You know, like I didn't even reach out, which is weird. So I reached out after Q school. I needed it. So I called her and she's like, 
or I emailed her. She said, you know, it's really good that you came to me now because now I'm mixing all three of my things that I've done in my practice and I'm kind of incorporating them all together in like a sports coaching role. I was like, well, that's great. And so she was like, don't beat yourself up, but you didn't reach out to me two years ago because, I mean, this is something I wish I knew about three years ago. Um, she was like, it's actually really good timing, even though she had just moved to Japan with her kids, her dogs, and all the stuff. But we meet, like, once a week, and it's really good. We meet on Zoom. Um, so that's been super helpful for just life and my game and stuff like that. So, yeah, I love it. I saw a, uh, a quote today by Max Homa. He said that mm-hmm. golf's like kind of crazy because we're one shot away from retirement and we're also one shot away from thinking we're going we're gonna to win the Masters. Exactly. It's like, it's so ridiculous. Absolutely. But if you, think, if you think about it, if you like, so I thought about that today because like I, I've been like struggling with my swing for the past like three or four years. And my mindset, yeah. like when I saw that on Instagram, my mindset, even when I hit a bad shot, was like, next pure shot you hit, you're going to feel like you made it. Instead of thinking, like, the worst thing, like, you need to revamp your swing or you need to fix whatever. Like, you're just, mm-hmm. like, one swing away from, from thinking or from feeling great. You're right. And Paul makes a big point about sometimes what I do is, well, one thing I've learned about myself is sometimes I, like, try to avoid disappointment or avoid pain or whatever it is because you know we're used to feeling the disappointments of golf and so I was just kind of numb to that so basically I've just tried to avoid that so you know it's easier almost to almost self-sabotage yourself on the golf course because the closer you get to success the closer it is to lose something good but like if it's not good then it's just supporting the idea that like you're not good. Does that make sense? I don't know if that makes sense, but it makes sense no, in my you, brain. Yeah, you just got to find, like, a balance between the two. But even Yeah, if, so it's like it's like, almost like I'm self-sabotaging myself of my score because it's, like, your core beliefs of, like, like, I am good. You know, instead of, like, I'm good, but it's almost like you're just settling for a score that you're used to sometimes. Like, it's almost like, fear of success rather than fear of failure for me at least so you never know like say I make it LPJ tour which is the goal ultimately and this is kind of deep but like you make it LPJ tour and then you're like ooh this is not what I thought it was or ooh like what I could lose this and that would hurt worse than like if I just make it to a mini tour I'm like oh I can lose this not a big deal right so it's like more of a fear of success thing so we worked through that and um pretty crazy how much stuff I've learned, honestly. But Paul's all about sometimes positivity is, is BS and how sometimes you just got to feel feel it and just kind of deal with it and then just say, hey, you know, this is not great right now. It's not great. Either my swing, my, my thought patterns, whatever. It's just not great. And not to just be like, oh, everything's great today. Everything is just so amazing and just kind of lie to yourself. Just You just kind of like deal with it and that's how you get resilient and stronger so it's pretty cool yeah it's like when you go like two or three days just absolutely striping it and everything's good in your game then you start to think like i don't want to lose this right exactly exactly the same mindset i'm talking about yeah 
Yeah, exactly. It's like you don't want to lose something rather than, no, let's go see how many more birdies I can make with this swing. You know, you, it's so much easier to say, it's so much easier to think, oh, 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 you know, you're coming down the stretch, you're, say you're like four under or whatever, and you're like, wow, I'm having a great round. And you're like, oh, don't screw up now. Well, that's a terrible way to, to think. And the first thing I learned with him is your ego gets involved, not like ego, but like there's a part, you know, and it gets involved and it kind of hijacks your thoughts. And so if you're not cautious of like where your focus is, then you can easily get like hijacked with your thoughts and just be kind of like on this train of thought where you go off into this story. You create a story of, oh, you know, but if this happens, this happens. And if that happens and you just let your brain go there rather than just you're on the par three, you know, you're about to hit a shot. You're on the second to last hole. You're playing really well. Instead of focusing on someone behind you or someone in front of you or a score that you just had or a score that you don't want to have or you want to have, it's basically just getting good at focusing your attention where you want it rather than where you don't want it. You don't want to focus on where you don't want it because obviously that's where your brain's going to go. Just like you don't want to focus on not hitting the water because clearly your brain doesn't know the difference between hitting the water and not hitting the water. It just knows water because you're talking about it. So it's like, where is your focus, you know? Um, I agree with that. And so- I got um, I got two things I want to circle back to um, yeah, that you it. mentioned. The first one I really liked a lot was uh, when you were mentioning, like, what you say to yourself and, like, what you and your coach were working on. Uh, you mentioned it mm-hmm. in the first couple minutes. And then the last, um, the other one remark was uh, – what you and Mike talked about, like when you find something that's like gold and you don't want to lose it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've actually really pondered that and thought and like contemplated that recently the last um, really? few weeks. Yeah. I wanted to put a pin in two things and like resurface those and bring them up. Mm-hmm. One was what Rachel said in the beginning with what she's working on with her coach and like talking to yourself and like I can give my little two cents on that in a second. Mm -hmm. But the first thing I want to talk about is what you guys were mentioning with regard to like finding that gold that feels right in your Mm -hmm. golf game. Yeah. And like, you don't want to lose that feeling, whether it's like the way you're hitting a golf shot or like the way your swing feels or the way you're playing, the way you're scoring, like really, man, like, I'm with you and like what I've done the last I've contemplated this the last couple weeks really and like often recently in the last week mm-hmm. um, to me like I don't know maybe just because it's not that I'm playing too much and like I'm getting COVID or I'm getting hurt or the weather's like inhibiting me from playing something of that nature so like I'm having to think about like different mental approaches to golf and which is why I'm also glad that we discussed this but um, I feel like when a golfer really accepts that they're not in control well they're in the best control they can be of their swing but when they're not in control of like how they can hold on to the feelings that they have in their golf swings and like but the the 
the streaks and waves that they're riding, like that's all going to come and go Yeah. As, as much as I hate to say it. But when you accept that, I feel like is what it, it is. It, it gives you a sense of ease. And like, that's kind of what I've been dealing with. And like, why I'm really confident about like this year as well, too, to be honest with you. Um, Cause it's, I feel like I'm not really attached to my swing as much as I have been in the past. And because of that, I can just focus on getting the golf ball in the hole, you know? That's awesome. Yeah. So. One thing I would like to say, because it was huge for me to hear this and I don't know if this will help anybody else, but so on, let's make sure Mike's still in you with us, Mikey. All right, good. Just making sure we're still uh, connected because I know you're, drive, you're traveling. Yeah, yeah, I can hear you. I, I couldn't hear you for a second, though, because usually you can hear your car in the background. But anyways, Rachel, sorry to interrupt. But go ahead. So the guy that did my PRP on my wrist and my cortisone shot in 19, he, like, loves to talk about mental game and stuff when I'm coming there. And so he's in North Carolina, so I don't see him much. But I called him the other day because my wrist was bugging me. And for one thing – Another topic is the mind and body connection. So basically, like, my brain remembers that I had a trauma to my wrist. Oh, hell so, yeah, girl. I can tell you all about that with yoga. And, like, the okay, we'll talk about that. that after. So basically, yeah, go. So basically, like, my brain or my brain is telling my body, hey, if you hurt, if you have pain in your wrist, she is going to stop and, like, process things and do stuff but she's not going to stop if her wrist not hurting so it's almost like my body my mind and body are trying to protect myself and it's like a pull it's like a tug from each thing and so physically i don't think anything's wrong with my wrist you know like i i do get pt like once a month for maintenance and get my forearms like basically like they're super tight and so it's pulling on my wrist and my wrist has less mobility because I got PRP. It's just more stiff. Um, but there's this mind-body connection that I'm really interested in. And Paul told me to look up John Sarno. He's all about that. Um, and also, he also, Michael Rigby, my, my doctor, he said, look up anti-fragility mindset. So basically, it's like your wrist might be hurting, but it's not broken. You might have a disappointment, but it's not going to tear you down like basically like don't be afraid to feel pain because it's inevitable for one so if i'm trying to avoid disappointments you no career is gonna be able to avoid disappointments like it is what it is um so is what it is is actually a good motto for golf i feel like um going back to what he said though he told me that he could tell i wasn't super confident before q school because i just let like a lot of stresses get to me and he was like, you know what, Rach? He told me this after. He said, if you were, if you're 99% committed to the process of golf, doing what you need to do to get where you want to be, just the process of it, but there's still that 1% in there that is trying to still control the situation and control the outcome, then you're not 100% committed fully to the process. And like we hear that all the time, but it was like, it struck me in a way. I'm like, this is not brain surgery, but if I would just change my mindset before I went to Q school, like, hey, I was, like, telling myself, oh, it's my year, this is my year, like, it's got to happen this year, and all this stuff, putting a ton of pressure on myself, because I hadn't been there in two years, you know, because we had Q school, so it was all this hype of two years to just get let down, I just wasn't in a good frame of mind, and so um, that was a huge statement, if I would have gone into Q school thinking, 
listen here, I'm going to give it all I got. And then I can't have any regrets because I've done my physical part. I've done everything I could physically, everything mentally I could have done. I've put in the work. Basically, now is just when you just show up and do it. If you make it, you make it. If you don't, you don't. But if you're 100% committed to the process, you won't care about the outcome. I mean, I know that you will care. You will care because your heart's in it. But you're not going to care about the outcome as much because you're so enwrapped, like engrossed with the process of it, right? Yeah, so, you won't be so, you won't be as anxious per se. Yes. I guess. And, if, and you're not going to be as anxious if you're, if, if you're prepared. I get that. But that statement, he was like, well, Rage, you're probably like 80, 20, or 60, 40 at that point, not 99 to 1. But whatever. I mean, that is a, I don't know if that struck y'all like it did me, but if you think of it that way and you're trying to hold on to this outcome that you really want because you desire that so much to play well and have success in golf and all that stuff. But if you're holding on to it so much, it's harder to hold on to something than just to let it go, honestly. And it's like, it's way more freeing if you just say, hey, you know what? If it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. And I kind of wish I was like a girl, some of the girls that just go out there and like, you know, if it's meant to be, then I make it. If it's not, I don't, I get a job. But like, because I love it so much and I've, the more you put into this energy and time and money and everything, the more you want to see it work out and pan out. And so I wasn't one of those girls that were just like, oh, I can go out there. If it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. I'll get a job. I was like, that's not how I operate. Granted, you know, I was disappointed for two and a half weeks after, and my wrist started hurting so bad after, which I didn't understand because unless I was running on adrenaline, you know, we're practicing playing seven days in a row out there for Q school, and it's like, why is my wrist killing me now? So it was like this mind-body thing because it's kind of funny. I came back here and I had like a bad tournament and it did it again. And I'm like, why the heck is it after every disappointment with golf is when my wrist starts hurting and it like aches and I can't play and it's mobility sucks. So it's really interesting because it's like my brain is sending a signal to my wrist to hurt. So weird to protect myself from any further pain or any kind of pain, physical or emotional, like, you know, disappointments in general. So I'm learning a lot. It's really freaking cool. And Catherine, we do brain spotting. It sounds very weird, but it's basically like a form of meditation that you're like closing your eyes or open your eyes and you kind of let your eyes go where they need to. Cause the concept is your visual fields are connected to the back of your head in different places in your head where traumas or memories are formed and they stay there. So it's basically trying to reconnect your visual field and your memories. It's pretty cool. It's really cool. So if there's something bothering me, like we, it's funny we just like brain spot it. It's just kind of what we do. So no, I definitely feel the wanting it so bad that you kind of get in your way, kind of thing. Rather yeah, than we kind we talked about this on a previous podcast that's coming out next week with Andrew Dorn, but right. like I'm not one. I'm not one of the. I know David's not. I know Dorn's not. And but from what you said, I know you're not. Like, you know, this, like what you're just saying, the people who just go out there and they just look like they don't really care and they play so well. Yeah, it's like you have to be like that. It's crazy. You got to just give it up and just be like, whatever. Like, I'm going to give it my all. Whatever happens, happens. Like, you have to just come to a point where, like David said, like you don't have control over it. You know, our golf ball could get blown in the wind and a freaking bird pick it up. You know what I mean? Like, we, I mean, 
anything can happen out there. Like, it can get trapped in a tree. But, like, it's one shot. It could cost you three shots. It could cost you a missed cut. It could cost you money. But, like, it also could go in the hole, hole in one, you know? Um, a lot of good things can happen, too. So, it's just kind of like the way you look at it. Yeah, and to bring it back to, like, the, the, the being positive all the time isn't, like, can be, like, bullshit. Yeah. Like, I, I completely under, understand that. And I think the best way to kind of go about golf is just to always be optimistic. Like, that's a part of positivity. I but agree. Like good, good and bad. So, like, when you're playing good, just keep being optimistic no matter what. And if you hit a bad shot, just think the next yeah. thing's going to be good. Well, that brings me back to something Paul told me, too. He's like, you know, there's neither good nor bad. And I actually listened to a podcast years ago. It was Cameron McCormick and Kramer Hickok. I'm friends with his wife through many tour events on a, and they're, they both played at UT, Texas, and she's from Finland. They're married now, and he, um, he did his podcast, and it was so good. He was at Q School trying to get his card or, or regain his card or keep his card. I can't remember. And basically, it was on the 17th hole. He made bogey, but because he made bogey, he went second on the next hole. He needed, he needed to make birdie to get this card. And because he made bogey on the previous hole, he got to go second. So his playing partner, he knew what he his he knew his yard is. It was a par three, I think. Which is weird, but I'm pretty sure. He knew exactly what that guy hit and he knew exactly how far they hit it differently, you know, like he's ten yards different than him or whatever. So he knew what to hit because there's some wind. So it was either neat it was neither good nor bad, like the whatever that story is. It's a really good story, like the parable or whatever. But it's basically it's neither good nor bad because because of what happened that people would have think thought was bad. And he ended up getting his tour card because he was able to use that to his benefit that he went second and not first on the team. Yeah, optimism yeah. is key. It was pretty dang cool. And so we always talk about nothing's either good nor bad. Like it just like you're learning from it. It's like a growing thing. Or it's something that's not serving you in some way, like a negative thought pattern or something. But either way, it's like not bad. Because think about like if there is something you're saying negative yourself, it's technically not bad because it might help you learn that you are thinking that way. So it's not bad. It's just okay. Perfect segue for me uh, to talk about what I wanted to discuss for topic number one as well too. But finish what you gotta say. Really quick, really quick, really quick. Um, I always find that. I learn more about my game when I play poorly and I learn what I need to prepare so for true. Prepare, prepare like like today like I I played in a pre-qualifier and my short game putting felt so rusty and I was wondering why and then I kept thinking I'm like you've been hitting ball like so many golf balls in the true. rain what are you doing yeah so anyway Dave sorry to cut you off what are we doing <laughs> What are we doing? Um, yeah, so to like the whole negative, positive, pessimistic, optimistic thing. Understood completely. Everyone's got their own take. I'm more on the positive and optimistic side. Yeah. Try to try to lean towards the middle and be realistic as well too. But what I wanted to discuss earlier was that I saw this article. I can't remember who released it, but 
Jordan Sweet was talking about how he, the only person he had heard not speak poorly of themselves on the golf course out of all of his time on the PGA Tour was Tiger Woods. You would never hear poor self-talk out of that man, like never talk down to himself. Like, example, like leaving a putt short and calling yourself a pussy because, like, I know even you probably do that sometimes. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, calling yourself a pussy, like when you leave a putt short or, or like, an asshole, like if you do something wrong or, like, you can't do anything right. Dummy. when, When somebody says that, like, it doesn't do anything to me, but I just see like how it can like have a negative impact and influence like on them, whether or not it's like, if you want to get esoteric on it, we can, but um, there, there (laughs) is an impact there in some way. And like Tiger Woods is on the right track. Like if you ever see him get upset, he will not like say like, Oh, you jackass. He'll just say like motherfucker or like bitch or something (laughs) like that. So, like, I've done my best to incorporate that into my golf game and, like, not say anything poorly about myself. Yeah, because it's attacking um, your identity. And, like, when it does that, yeah, like you you're your own. You're, like, you're supposed to be your own best friend. Like, I, you spend every waking second as yeah. Rachel Jones. Mike, yeah. you spend every waking second as Mike Wolf. I'm David Wetterick. I can't change who I want to be. Yeah. Even if I want to change my name and my gender, what the fuck ever I want to do, like <laughs> I, I cannot change like being I'll the observer. <laughs> Thank you. I can't change being being the observer that I am in the body that and the eyes that I see through. Yeah, you're stuck with yourself. Yeah, sure. Elon Musk might prove me wrong in like seventy five years, but we'll see. Sure. Um, <laughs> a good example but for you on this. So uh, when I, I yeah, first yeah, joined, a, yeah, yeah, I first joined a course out in LA. There's like three or four guys we play with. And, um, the greens there are like very undulated, and there's a lot of subtle breaks. And when I first joined there, I didn't see like I I didn't know like all the ins and outs of the greens, and so I lipped mm-hmm. out so many putts, like so many putts. And the guys I played with would every time they lipped out a putt, they would attach a lip out to me. And so then I started playing in tournaments and I started lipping mm-hmm. out putts. And so at one point I was like, we got to stop. We, we got to stop making those comments. It, it, yeah. It, it's like showing. And then after we stopped making those comments, I started making more putts. And it was kind of wild. That's sick. It's like, we took that well, you're gonna, away from it. Yeah. It's like our brain knows what we're saying to ourselves. Like it's very powerful for like our words. Like we're going to, our body language even is going to, be affected by like what we're saying to ourselves that's why me saying rachel like getting on myself like that is not helpful because i'm always putting myself down like i'm punishing myself and he's had this really good podcast one time he was like this one guy used to work with him he almost forgot he was in the middle of a conversation he asked a question said hey man so you know when you're over a putt and you're in a big tournament and first of all big you know and he's like you're looking over a putt and you're like you've got to make the six footer you just gotta make it. He's like, let me, let me wait, like wait right there. He's like, what do we used to talk about? He said, you don't have to make this putt. He's like, that's what the crap that the pro golfers start to do because it's life and death, and it's that's how Q School felt with me last this past year, and it felt life or death, which is can, terrible to admit. But he's like, you know, you're always putting. You're like, you have to make it, and he's like, no, 
you want to make this putt. Go back to like when you're five years old or whenever you start playing golf and you're like, ooh, let's see if we can make this hole. I mean, make this putt in the hole and make it fun again and not just make it some, oh my gosh, you have to make it or you're going to get in trouble. Oh my gosh, you're going to have to make it or you're going to lose or you're going to miss the cut or you're going to not make money this week. It's like, go back to let's make this putt and like make it fun because when you have that like expansion mindset, like you're going to open yourself up to like making putts. Yeah, it's yeah. like uh, it's like in Sandlot when the kid couldn't catch a fly ball, and they were saying the reason he can't catch it is because he wasn't having fun. So you yeah. gotta have fun, and then right when he started having fun, he started getting better. Like I baseball. literally wrote on my ball this year, "Make golf fun again, MGF." Because I had gotten <laughs> so like, uh, you know, uh, I hate this. The result and the disappointments of Q school, and I was like depressed about it. So I took two and a half weeks off. Granted, my wrist was bad, so I really couldn't play anyway. But when I came back to it, I was like, you know what? I'm not coming back until I want to be here. You know? I was like, I'm not going to go hit balls because I have to do it. I'm going to go because I freaking want to do it. So we'll I make finally some, waited. We'll make you some red hats that say, make golf fun again. Oh, I tr- trust me. I've been wanting sure. to do this with my friend Taylor, and they've already made them, I think. So we're screwed. But Yeah, but <laughs> we wrote in our balls. We both wrote in our balls. And it was huge. I was like, who even cares what's on my ball at this point? Nothing could get worse than, like, some of my scores I've had lately. So I was like, whatever. Just going to put it huge on my ball and just have fun. And when I have fun, I'm telling you, I know everybody's personality is different. I know some people can't be super focused on the course. Some people have to be, you know, really light and fun. For me, I've finally come to terms with i just got to be myself out there. And I can't be this person who's uptight because then I get – it's just not my personality. I've got to be super light, super fun, you know, hum to myself because like, I love music. But I just like hum to myself, just do my own thing, talk to my playing partners, which I'm sure they appreciate, and just kind of just <laughs> yap away and just have a grand time out there. And that's when I play my best. I've played my best when I'm on a live Instagram thing and I've made three birdies in a row and I'm like just having the time of my life rather than just being super lame, super boring, super serious. I don't play good like that. I'm like, let's go. Like, I'm adrenaline junkie. So, I'm all about like, motivating myself and just say, like, let's go make a birdie. And just go do it. Rather than, don't tell yourself to make a birdie. Don't put pressure on yourself. And I said, no, that helps me. Helps me to, like, have a goal. It helps me to be like, I'm going to go shoot 66 today. Some people are like, don't think of a number. But sometimes it helps people. It gets yeah. them thinking low rather than let's just shoot seventy one a day. No, let's go out and shoot like sixty five. Why not? Why Fuck not? Yeah. yeah, now you're getting on topic. I'm down. I'm I'm down. I'm I'm for make golf and fun making golf fun again. Seriously, <laughs> I mean you got to. I mean it's a freaking sport. Yeah. You it's know, a game. like I mean, it's the a game's game. supposed to be fun. We're not supposed to make this some life or death situation. I know it's our job. I know we're trying to make money at this thing, but we can't look at it as, oh, my God, this is the end-all, be-all of my life. If I don't make it, then I'm just screwed. You know, you can't look at it like that. When you start going down that path, you're creating that story thing again. It's just not helpful. It's so funny. I mean, you're so right about everyone being so different because I'm kind of the opposite. Yeah. Like when I was getting recruited... Uh, to play in college. Uh-huh. I was playing like my last, I think like 10 or 11 tournaments. 
And every every tournament, I'm like, all right, this is this is for where you're going to be playing. Like this tournament means you're going to be playing college golf, and I ended up winning like six really? out of six out of eleven tournaments. That's amazing. You just put your mind to it, basically, is what you're saying, right? I yeah, like set my goal and then you know, like I can set my goal like that, but I can't put pressure on myself. I should I would have done better at Q school if I just said, you know, this might not be the year. Paul told me he's like, we didn't want this to happen, Rach. But you needed it to happen. You can read all the books you want, but until you experience defeat or disappointment in something that you love and you really want success in, you're not going to be able to know. You you got to like come to your low to like be able to move on and grow from it. And so yeah, honestly, I'm glad it happened. Now I'm glad I sucked at Q school because the last six months I wouldn't have met Catherine. I wouldn't have done all this work with Paul. I wouldn't have found out about myself. Like, there's just a lot of things that because of my experience, it definitely revealed things, like, physiologically that I needed to deal with from, like, my past experience at Q school being bad when I was hurt. It's like my body thought I was in danger and, like, just basically freaked out on me. And it's not any thoughts or anything. It was just my body. Like, I just freaked out. So, that's kind of what we do. It's almost like re-regulating the nervous system and like learning about the vagus nerve. And I know like David, you know about that kind of stuff. Um, but it's really wild. So I wouldn't have known any of stuff had I gone through Q school and gotten better status this year. It's like, you know, it all, it all, it all comes yeah, together. Sure. That's awesome. All, it all definitely comes together and happens for a reason. Or Agreed. If you don't even think that, then I agree. you be taking something out of whatever lessons or and experiences are thrown at you. I mean, honestly, so. that's what makes this so fun is just the journey of just learning. Like, you know, think about it. If you get to where you want to be and you're like, well, now what? Like, what is there to, like, strive for now? Because I'm always about, like, kind of the next thing. You know, always like, oh, let's do this. Because I'm like, I like challenges. I like competition. And. If there's no level above LPGA or PGA for y'all, then what is there? Just more wins on tour, maybe? I don't know. So they're just going to win every week, and that might be their goal. They might have the goal of, like, playing in the Olympics or something. But, like, what is after that? You know what I mean? And I think if we really thought about it and, like, we get to where we want to be and we look back and you're like, wow, I wish I would have just chilled out because that was almost more fun. Just the chase was so much more fun than just – getting your desired outcome you know well not to get like super deep but it goes to the probably one of the cheesiest quotes i've ever heard is shoot for the moon and you'll hit a star yeah yeah it's kind of like that and plus plus everyone's got tiger to chase now i mean that's like almost an impossible feat so it's like right so you always have something to kind of there's always go after yeah but you know what I mean, though? It's like you look back and you're probably like, wow, I wish I would just taken that in. Like you were living the dream in Jupiter, just like, you know, trying to get better, learning so much stuff. And then, you know, all of it is sort of, you know, get better, like learn more stuff. And that's like the fun part of it is just learning and getting better. And I don't know, the grind of it, actually, the chase of trying to get where you want to be is the fun part, I think. Yes, it's taxing, but if you, like, really think about it, it's actually amazing. Right, chase and catch. That's the slogan for Dreamcatcher. What is it? Chase and catch. Yeah. Those of you who don't know the the backstory behind Dreamcatcher is 
sure, like it's a dream catcher is in like yeah, yeah. dream catcher, but chasing <laughs> chasing and catching your dreams, making them a reality and living Love that, that reality is what we're all about. And that's awesome. That's why uh I that's and it. we at the company do what we do. And why I'm happy to have you guys a part of it. Love that. Like Rachel Rachel's an ambassador. Or, or one of our women's ambassadors. So newly new ambassador. Yeah. Um yeah, that towel looks good, David. You know how I told you I spilled coffee on it? Yeah. Well, it actually is fine. It's like dirt. But I mean I haven't washed it yet, but if I wash it, it's gonna be fine. Heck yeah. Because it's already kind of fun. But yeah. Okay. Well, well uh, we got some stuff coming out soon. We're just getting the proofs done for it. So should be uh, out to people. And hopefully uh, you can sport it well and see if uh, we can get them out on the lovely listeners out of this podcast. Love so. it. Yeah. Anyways. Um, Let's wrap this up. Cool. So, uh, you got any closing comments or you want to would you rather Mike or anything like that? Closing questions? Yeah. It's, do you have any would you rathers? Me? Yeah. Give us a would you rather. All right. Uh, okay. That one. Would you rather spend <laughs> on your off day, would you rather spend time on a boat in the water or would you rather be I know what you're going to say, David. Or would you rather be, like, hiking in the mountains? It's actually a closer answer. or t- It's a tougher decision than you think for me. Really? Gotcha. Because I love taking my paddleboard out onto some water. Oh, my I gosh. I love being alone. I would say that qualifies as taking a boat onto, out onto the yeah. water. But it does. Yeah. I mean, more often than not, if I'm going... I'm probably gonna go hike, hike or camp in the, on a mountain. Yeah, Mike, Mike. Uh, give me the give me the boat all day or a That's paddleboard or a surfboard. I'm obsessed with, with like being on the water. I don't care if it's the lake or the beach. I'm more partial to the beach. When I was in Hawaii, so, like I was surfed for like the second time in my life, and. Immediately, I was just like, I'm buying a surfboard when I get home. I'm doing this I want to learn. It was so much fun. Have you? What's that? Have you bought a board yet? No, funds are tied up into my golf gear right now. So I'm trying to. Understood. I have to get a new set of wedges yeah. and have new irons coming in. So. When, once you get that, once you get definitely that understand funds, I feel you. That's what I, I've obviously do with yoga and my paddleboard and all that would you rather uh birdie or not birdie wow <laughs> albatross or hole in one like hole in one two, two hole one. five or hole in one hole one hole well one, i don't know yeah. twos don't come very often that'd be kind of fun well they don't either come often but yeah, but they don't really count towards your hole in one count. And no one really, no one really right. knows besides the golf world what an albatross is. You know? That's true. They're like, oh, how many hole in ones you've had? And I, can, I just say one. So. I'm a hole in one or two, probably. And even though, ironically enough, I have more, currently, I have more albatrosses than I do hole in ones. How many albatrosses really? do you have? 
I have two. You have one hole in one? I have one hole in one, yes. Wow, that's surprising. You have one? <laughs> yeah, I have one. I have one too. I got it last year actually. Damn. Heck well, yeah. I'm the leader in the clubhouse then. What do you got, two? I have four. What? Oh, nice. Yeah. And two of them oh. are in tournaments. Man, good for you. Congratulations to uh, my little brother, Daniel, who just got his fourth hole in one this week as well. Oh, nice. Out, out in Phoenix at Estrella. That's so good. I love Daniel. And I, I will say, side note, I love how, like, supportive y'all are of each other because it can be hard being, like, in the same world and, you know, it could just be hard competition-wise. So, I think it's pretty cool y'all support each other. Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely glad to have had my brothers growing up. Um, mm-hmm. We we gave each other that little competitive edge to keep going. And, like, yeah. for me, in my case, like, it was a lot of, like, maintain the lead and kind of, like, keep my head above water with them. And yeah. then once they caught up to me, like, honestly, it couldn't have been any better for me and, like, all of us. Because, like, now that we're all kind of, like, on that same level playing field, like, it's just yeah. – it's so fun to go out there and play. And, like, now, so like, we're – we're each other's biggest fans as That's well. Amazing. Too. So you're like yeah. Diamond Toronto, really. man. <laughs> yeah, man. Nothing's yeah, more important than family, baby. <laughs> hey, Mike, I, did you have a caddy or did I you just do it yourself that. this week? Oh, I never have a caddy. I hear you. I'm saying there. Uh, <laughs> I had a, I had a wedge today that went to like 20, 25 feet, and there was like it wasn't like a it wasn't a bad shot, you know. 20, 20 feet's not bad, but ball was a little above my feet I didn't really take account for it and just pulled a little bit and I hit it perfect but I'm like damn if I just remembered the ball was above my feet it would have been a great shot but oh that sucks yeah just like little stuff like caddies kind of provide just like more they give you kind of more awareness even if they don't like she doesn't know much about the game I gave her I gave her a book to read about golf and I was just telling her I'm like just so you know I'm just gonna probably be telling you nonsense before I hit every shot and, and I was so and, turned out pretty well so being able to talk through it yeah like you said that's a good point thanks for coming on where can where can people find you if they want to look for you who me yeah um probably instagram's the best it's just at rachel underscore aaron four the number four i guess e-r-i-n no just r-a-c-h-e-l underscore e-r-i-n yeah yeah, yeah, that's what I meant. Aaron is an E-R-I-N. Cool. Rachel Aaron, Rachel underscore Aaron for. Cool. Anything else? No. Do you want to plug? No, just thanks cool. for having me. It's been fun. I like talking to you guys. Yeah, this yeah. is great. We'll have to have you on again at some point. Super fun. Yeah, we'll definitely circle back around and get, get you on for a couple more at least. So, um. Thanks again like, yeah. for everyone listening. Went to like the help. Oh yeah, we could definitely talk about a lot more stuff, especially with you. I mean, you got a you got a good grip on it, and you got a good insight and perspective to to women's golf, and I like that. Yeah. So. Yeah. Anyways, um, heck yeah, that's what we're about—making the drive shorter for us and the listeners.
That's a good point. Even Heck if yeah. even that. if they're not listening, well, even if they're not listening while driving, whether they're like working out or whatever, doing in the shower. So going Man, about no, cleaning so their house throughout the day, here. right? But um, <laughs> yeah, everyone, thank you again for listening. Um, like, share, and follow. Comment. Give us give us a rating. Um, follow us on our platforms. Uh, mine is David Wetterick and then Dreamcatcher Golf Co., our sponsor. Um, give that a follow on Instagram as well as the YouTube page. Check it out. Um, as well as the website, dreamcatchergolf.com. Michael, uh, go ahead and uh, say your farewell to the audience and then uh, we'll get out of here. And then, Rachel, any parting thoughts? Um, follow me at Mike Wolf Golf on Instagram, TikTok all that good stuff. Uh, next week, I'm going to start posting every day on our Instagram. Uh, every day, I'm going to post a Would You Rather on our story. Mm-hmm. Um, it's about to get it's about to get real. Tomorrow is going to be a, a solid four hours of me editing podcasts and videos for posts. So Sweet. look out for that. Um, yeah, tomorrow, tomorrow is going to be a real busy day. But, but yeah, this is fun. Uh, let's Let's uh, get out of here, Dave. I'll probably talk to you soon. So, yeah. All right. Well, we'll get out of here. Bye, guys. Thanks. Y'all be safe wherever you're going. Yeah, thanks again, Rach. Everyone have a good night or a good day. And, uh, <laughs> yep. Peace. We got it. Peace. Bye, guys. Look the lens cap on.